Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're talking about Litha, or the summer solstice, and its place in the turning of the wheel of the year. But before we dive into our main topic, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have them answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Lauren, and Lauren asks, do you have any shadow work journals or resources that you would recommend? Um, well, Lauren, actually, yes, I highly, highly recommend the book Gold Mining the Shadows by Pixie Lighthorse. It is, I think, a slightly different approach to shadow work than many people take. Um, and, you know, a lot of people think that shadow work is meant to dig up trauma and clear all these things out. And shadow work is really, should be, in my opinion, about acceptance and about the growth and healing that comes through that acceptance, not necessarily an attempt to fix anything that's wrong with you. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's also a look at working on our own triggers as we recognize them as part of ourselves, not necessarily addressing our traumas. I think that, um, there can be benefit to that, but, uh, you know, we really also always need to be conscious of what our comfort level is, where our mental health is at before we engage in shadow work. So, uh, I do think that Pixie Lighthorse's book, Gold Mining the Shadows, is a great place, not only for people who are beginning shadow work practices, but for those who want to take their practice somewhere deeper to find that place of healing that can come from doing shadow work. So Lauren, I hope that is helpful. Give that book a look up. Again, that is Gold Mining the Shadows by Pixie Lighthorse. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, now it's time for us to dive into our main topic, Litha and the Wheel of the Year. So I have really been enjoying over the past year connecting with the seasons and the cycles of the earth by tuning into the wheel of the year. And, you know, this is a relatively new practice for me, but I'm still finding the journey with each turning of the wheel, with each progression through the seasons, through the natural changes to be one really supportive practice in my life. And I'm really enjoying exploring this way of being and flow at the seasons to be an enjoyable one. 
So I've really found that tuning into the wheel of the year is helpful for tuning into natural cycles. And it helps me kind of internalize the outward changes that I see in nature as reflections of the growth and evolution that I'm experiencing in my own life. And really trying to take lessons from the earth and live in harmony with the seasons and the ebb and flow of natural cycles can help lead a more soulful life and cultivate a deeper understanding of yourself and your place in the world on a soul level. So the Wheel of the Year has really been a helpful tool for me to help me recognize who I am and my role in the world around me. So if you're new to this practice, you might be wondering, well, what the heck is the wheel of the year? Well, it's basically a calendar that's separated into eight main holidays representing seasonal cycles. It's composed of the four solar holidays of the year known as the quarter days, which stem from Anglo-Saxon cultural observations of the solstices and equinoxes with the addition of four Gaelic agrarian seasonal celebrations, which are the midpoints between the solar holidays known as the lunar cross quarter days or as the fire festivals. So although some of the holidays observed in the wheel of the year are quite old, the wheel of the year as a whole, this construct of breaking the year and the seasons down into these eight points is fairly modern. In fact, very modern. It was developed in the late 1950s. And although I don't personally follow the tradition, the spiritual tradition of Wicca that created the contemporary Wheel of the Year, I do find this a helpful way to think about the passage of time and what's happening at each time of the year. And I do personally um, really identify with the cross-quarter days. Um, I've been really going on a journey of reconnecting and reclaiming my own ancestral roots. And so these cross-quarter days are very important to me as part of that reclamation process. But we know that although this wheel of the year construct is quite new, people from across the globe in many cultures have observed the solstices and equinoxes as well as important times throughout the year. So I do find this to be a really helpful construct, even though um, the wheel of the year as a whole is quite modern. So let's dive into the point in the wheel, which we are coming up to here in the Northern hemisphere. And that is Litha or summer solstice. Summer solstice is the second of the quarter days or the solar festivals, and it marks the second of the summer holidays. It's the midpoint between Beltane or Bealtaine and Lunasa or Lamas. Litha is traditionally celebrated on the longest day of the year or the summer solstice, which is determined by when the earth's pole is at maximum tilt toward the sun. So this can range from June 20th through 22nd each year in the Northern Hemisphere, meaning the North Pole would be at maximum tilt toward the sun, and between December 20th and 23rd in the Southern Hemisphere when the South Pole would be at maximum tilt toward the sun. So from this point forward, the days start to grow shorter until we reach the time of equal day and night at the autumn equinox, which is in the wheel of the year called Mabon, although this is a completely 
modern sort of made up name, followed by the shortest day of the year at winter solstice, which is called Yule. Modern Litha celebrations stem from this contemporary wheel of the year where Litha is associated with midsummer, and it's celebrated as a time to revere and honor the sun and the gifts that it bestows to us here on earth. As this is the longest day of the year, it also naturally has the shortest night. And so in some modern spiritual paths, this represents the death of the Sun King or the Oak King. To honor the Sun King, bonfires are often lit at sunset and vigil is kept over them until dawn to ensure his return. So because you know I have to incorporate crystals into my spiritual work, I have a list of great crystals for Litha. There's citrine, pyrite, especially the pyrite sun formations, sunstone, Ethiopian opal, golden calcite, peridot, carnelian, green nephrite jade, heliodor, amber, golden healer quartz, emerald, rose quartz, lapis lazuli, yellow calcite, and golden tiger's eye. And I've made a special video for you. You can check it out over on the blog at loveandlightschool.com. And you can just go to the blog up in the resources section of the navigation bar, or you can do a little search for my YouTube channel and find the video there as well. It's called Create a Litha Altar with Me. And I walk you through step-by-step the creation of my altar for Litha. And I've shared a lot of these crystals there in the video, along with some little tidbits on why it was important to me to include them. Litha signifies the time for abundance and growth and happiness and power and light and warmth and serenity. And you see a lot of these associated properties represented in the crystals that I've chosen to include on my Litha altar. Litha is also connected with communication, connection, success, fertility, change in new directions, trust, joy, and strength. And you'll see a lot of these attributes represented through some other objects on my Litha altar as well. And it's also related to the idea of enlightenment and divine wisdom and illumination, as well as love, magic, gentleness, It's time for celebration, but also for boundaries, for being in flow and recognizing your blessings, for enhanced creativity, which I've definitely been feeling the past few days, as well as for healing, peace and tranquility, acknowledgement, confidence, your inner flame, tending your inner flame, for protection, emotional expression, and inner truth. So why might you celebrate Litha? Well, as I mentioned, Litha celebrates the peak of summer and honors the light of the sun on this, the longest day of the year. At this time of year, plants are lush and full of fragrant blossoms. The air is really filled with their aroma and the sound of summer birds and insects can be heard for most of the day and night. Litha is a time for us to honor the sun for its ability to bring this lush growth and abundance to the land. 
It's a time for great celebration, the very beginning of what will lead to the harvest. The summer solstice has long held significance in many cultures across the globe and is still celebrated through ritual work and festivals. In some cultural celebrations, it marks the beginning of summer, while in others, it marks midsummer or the peak of summer. So what are some ways that you can celebrate Litha? Well, feasts are a common way to celebrate any of the eight points that mark the wheel of the year. You might also try creating a bouquet of summer flowers, especially things like sunflowers, dahlias, or lilies, and place it on your altar or somewhere in your home. Of course, gathering them only from places where you have permission, taking only what you need, and leaving much, much more than you take. You might also try preparing a salad with summer vegetables, uh, either grown yourself is amazing or carefully foraged, or if you have no other options, of course, at the local grocery store or supermarket is just fine. Or even better, you can turn this into a full-on summer picnic to celebrate solstice. One of my favorite ways to celebrate any of the special calendar holidays on the wheel of the year is to go on a walk or a hike out in nature even around your own neighborhood, and take some photos that really capture the essence of that day. So go out with the intention to capture moments that show you that peak of summer, that height of summer. You can even print these out and put them on your altar or even create some Litha-themed grimoire pages for them. You can also try charging your crystals in the midsummer sunlight. So often we think of charging our crystals in the moonlight, but the sunlight works just as well, especially on a very special solar holiday like the summer solstice. So you can place your crystals outside or on a windowsill. You don't have to have direct sunlight for this. It's not necessary. Um, and in fact, you might even want to avoid this if you're working with quartz crystals because they can, especially when they're shaped into spheres, act kind of like a magnifying glass and they will magnify the sun's rays and they can start fires. So be really cautious with that, but you can place your crystals outside or on your windowsill in the sun and capture the energy of this special day. Then you can work with the energy of the sun in ritual and ceremony with those crystals throughout the year. You can also try creating a nature altar for summer. So you can either add items dedicated to nature and to the earth, or you can collect some natural items to add to your altar. Of course, again, only with permission and always being respectful. You can also tend your garden to celebrate summer solstice, picking fruits and harvesting summer vegetables. You can even make an herbal sun tea or a super refreshing herbal infused lemonade using your favorite litha herbs. And I'll be sharing a list of great litha herbs shortly, of course, being sure only to work with those that are safe for consumption. You can also enjoy the delicious treat of some honey or honeycomb or even light a bonfire at sunset and tend the flames while you reflect on all that you're grateful for, recognizing the bounty in your life that's represented by the bounty of summer. Before you extinguish your fire, you can light a candle from the flames of your fire, of course, very carefully, and carry this candle, this lit candle, with the energy of Litha into your sacred space and place it on your altar. 
Once you bring that flame, your lit candle, into your space, you can extinguish it, knowing that each time you light it again, you bring that energy of the sun, the energy of Litha, into your magical workings. There are also some deities that connect with Litha, gods and goddesses, and uh, these include many sun goddesses and sun gods. You can work with the Greek gods and goddesses Apollo, Hestia, Athena, Artemis, Helios, Gaia, and Hemera. You can work with the Celtic gods and goddesses Sulis, Olwen, Maka, Belenos, Itain, and Anya. You can work with the Roman deities Minerva, Sol, and Diana, the modern Wiccan Oak King, as well as Mother Nature or Mother Earth, the Germanic Suna or Sol, and Morgan Gleiten of Avalon, the Lady of the Lake, and Damnu, the Mother of Water. You can also incorporate Litha symbols into your spiritual practice, your sacred space or altar, or any magical workings that you're doing. These Litha symbols include the sun, including the sun wheel or a sun disc, sunflowers, bees, feathers, a shield, light, coins, especially gold-colored coins, honey and honeycomb, vines, pine, cakes, especially honey cakes, strawberries, wine, lemons, peony blossoms, bonfires, holy wells or well water, mead, daisies, summer vegetables, sunflower seeds, dragonflies, meadowsweet, birds, especially hawks, sparrows, wrens, and hummingbirds, bird nests, rivers or river water, and stone megaliths or standing stones like we see at Stonehenge, which is thought to be connected to the summer solstice. Now let's take a quick rundown of those litha herbs that I mentioned earlier. So you can work with calendula, fennel, roses, especially the dog rose, yarrow, red clover, plantain, garden sage, clary sage, clove, valerian, chamomile, cedarwood, star anise, nasturtium, Echinacea, which is also called coneflower, lemon verbena, elderflower, bay, mistletoe, which is said to be traditionally gathered at the time of the summer solstice for magical workings at Yule, basil, lavender, peppermint, hyssop, eucalyptus, mint, mugwort, parsley, St. John's wort, which is actually connected to an alternative day that represents the summer solstice or stems from or is related to the summer solstice called St. John's Feast Day or the Feast of St. John the Baptist. And there's also rosemary, tea tree, juniper, thyme, honeysuckle, and vervain. The colors of litha are red, orange, yellow, gold, and green. And you can incorporate these into your sacred space through altar cloths or ritual candles. Now, I mentioned that Litha, which is probably the most commonly used name for this holiday at this point because of the modern popularity of the Wheel of the Year, is also, of course, known or related to at summer solstice. And summer solstice is celebrated, as I mentioned, by many people, cultures, and traditions around the world 
both ancient and modern, still living practices. This day is also known as Midsummer or as Gathering Day, which is a Welsh holiday celebrated on the summer solstice. And it's the first of three annual harvests. And it's said to be the day when summer vegetables, healing herbs, and honey were collected. It's also sometimes just known as the longest day. And there are still midsummer festivals in Poland, Estonia, Finland, Latvia, Lithuania, Iran, and Germany. And I've linked to some information about each of these different ways of celebrating midsummer or the summer solstice on my blog. You can find that at loveandlightschool.com blog and just do a little search for Litha. You'll see it pop right up and you can actually read about how some of these practices are still carried out in modern day. And it's so interesting to read these articles and see the commonalities that these festivals, rituals, ceremonies, celebrations have to one another, as well as some of the really beautiful, rich, and unique ways that the summer solstice is celebrated in each culture and region. And if you do head over to the blog, I also have some suggested reading there for you. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about midsummer, the summer solstice, there are a few books linked there for you so that you can check them out. And of course, for our friends in the Southern Hemisphere, you'll actually be celebrating the festival of Yule instead of Litha. Um, to keep with the seasonal cycles, and you will celebrate Litha at the time of the Northern Hemisphere's winter solstice. So you'll be celebrating Litha in December. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer, and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. Well, that is it for today's show. I hope that you found a lot of value in this episode. And if you want more information about anything I discussed today, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And I want to give a big shout out and thanks to Ave Wu, who said, super informative, love, love, love the in-depth detail of the crystals. I'm a spiritual entrepreneur and this is healing so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. I am so super grateful for you and I really appreciate it. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. 
connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.